Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. And verse number 12, Titus 3 and verse number 12 tonight. Once you've found it, we'll stand together and read a passage of Scripture. Titus 3 and verse number 12. A short book, but so much in it. Titus 3 and verse number 12. If you're there, say amen. Well, we got about 75%. We'll wait here. Titus 3 at verse 12, and uh, let's stand and read together. The Bible says here, when I, shall, when I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me in Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Bring Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey diligently, that nothing be wanting unto them. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. All that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. And God's people said, Amen. So be it. Father, would you guide us as we wrap up this portion of Scripture and help us to have a hold of these final thoughts so that we might put them into practice and glorify you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. Thank you for standing. Paul gives powerful summary to really a practical uh, letter full of instruction to his young son in the faith, Titus. He is there at the island nation of Crete. He is there to set things in order, to set up leaders that would um, bring about health within the church, lead health within the church. Uh, it was a tall order. The, the people there in the island nation of Crete uh, really struggled, and he called them uh, and used their own words against them and said they're slow bellies, they're kind of lazy, and they, they really are very self-centered, and there's, there's some problems there that need to be addressed in the church. There's some that are unruly there in the church and around the church. You need to deal with that, and you need to do, um, do so by setting up leaders that would lead the church. And then he got into dealing with how the churches, they interact with each other in chapter number two and their relationships with one another and really gets down to our interaction in the public arena in the community in chapter number three and he's giving all these very practical instructions all coming back to titus 1 and verse 5 the theme or key verse for this cause left i thee in crete that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as i appointed thee so he was to set in order he was to put things in in place he was to bring health into the body of Christ there in the, uh, in the churches there on the island of Crete. And so as he wraps all this, sometimes we can look at these wrap-ups, these summaries at the end of uh, one of Paul's letters. You know, it's just kind of details and, you know, there's not much there. So, uh, sort of like reading through the, uh, the genealogies. There's not much there. There's not much for us. But 
Not so. Paul had some very specific, very poignant uh, remarks here for Titus to remember and for him to continue to lead in. So as we conclude this, this book, I want us to grab these final thoughts that Paul had for Titus. And I want us to put them into practice in our own lives. Notice what the Holy Spirit through, on through Paul, says to Titus, and thereby to this church, and thereby to the Grace Baptist Church, all right? What he tells us, first of all, Paul urges fervency. Notice in verse number, verse number 12, when I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent. Look at verse number 13, bring Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey, diligently, that nothing be wanting. Now I want us to understand that Paul was urging Titus and the church there to be urgent in what they did. Paul's dealing with very practical details here. These are not high theological details. These are practical details. These are the outflow of right theology. And so he's dealing with these practical details that relate to travel. Does God care about the details? Yes, he does. He cares about every detail. In fact, God is the one who said, let all things be done decently and in order with royal decorum. He says there in, in 1 Corinthians 14, in verse number 40, when the church was all out of sorts there, they're speaking in tongues, everyone's getting up and saying, uh, saying something. Paul says, they're going to come into here and they're going to say, you're mad. And he says, hey, let all things be done decently and in order. There ought to be a royal decorum to how the church functions. But here Paul's saying, I want these practical details tended to. What was going on? Zenus and Apollos likely were the ones that would carry or deliver this letter to Titus. And so he says, hey, when you come along, I'm going over to Nicopolis. That's where I'm going to winter. That's where I'm going to spend the winter time. And so I, I want them to be there and, and make sure that you care for their needs. Make sure you care for their needs. Show hospitality to these servants that are delivering this letter. Show hospitality. Now, um, as we consider that, this matter of showing hospitality comes up throughout the, throughout the epistles. We as God's people are supposed to be given to hospitality. We understand that a pastor, one of the qualifications is that they're, they, they're, uh, they, they excel in hospitality. But the church as well is to be given over to hospitality. We are to show care to those that are traveling, especially of the household of faith. I think our church has a unique circumstance. Uh, uh, I, I remember growing up in our, uh, in our home, we would have people through our home all the time, and, and I, I can remember back to some of the, the preachers and some of the missionaries that came through our home, and, and uh, some of those that I, I still hear about today, and they're still in the mission field. I think of one who's on the mission field over in the Ukraine and Russia, uh, Russia area, and, and saw his son, uh, son last week, and it, it's a blessing to see, uh, see and track their ministries over time, but to show hospitality to those that are uh, giving themselves uh, to serve the Lord, but uh, just to to one another to show hospitality but you know in our church we have this opportunity uh, i think the most of you have seen it but we have the the mission room down on uh, down the hall that this church years ago i think it was 1996 if i remember right uh, that was installed in there and uh, we want to do some updating that's on our vision list uh, even this year and some new carpet that needs to go in there and keep that um, that fresh and god's provided for that and there's some ladies that get involved in cleaning that to, to help keep it fresh and turn it over after someone stay uh, stays in there but uh you know what god cares even about that god cares even about that that's not just for folks that that come through and preach here uh there's people and you know sometimes we might not be able to take on a missionary and i might say to them something like this hey if you'll stop by dayton we'll try to save you a hotel bill well that's that's just hospitality from grace baptist church 
and that's our privilege to them. And does it take effort on our part? Yes, it does. Did it take some upkeep? Yes, it does. But it's showing hospitality. And I think Paul was saying to, uh, to Titus, hey, make sure that you take care of these guys when they're in town. Make sure you take care of them. And he says, he says I want you to be diligent in this way. Two times he says that. Look at verse 12, 12 again with me. He says, uh, uh, be diligent to come to me, all right? Uh, Titus, you need to be diligent to come. But then verse 13, he says, uh, help them on their journey or bring them on their journey diligently. And that's where we get the word fervent, with fervency. Don't do it half-heartedly. Don't do it casually. Don't do it as if you're troubled to do it but do it with fervency. Care for the details of Zenos and Apollos with fervency. Do it in a serious matter. Do it, uh, take your, your job of caring for God's servants seriously, and we ought to do the same. We ought to, we ought to treat God's servants with, with um, fervency and, and seriousness, and, and that's what Paul was saying to them. Hey, I want you to do this, and I want you to do it in a fervent way. Why? So, he says, so that nothing would be lacking. So that they wouldn't be lacking anything. Uh, these people have needs as they come through and care for every need that they have. And um, maybe they, they let, uh, you know, left some toiletries or whatever. We want to care for that. And, and this is even in our own homes. We need to care, um, carry the same teaching right into our own homes and caring for God's people and, uh, and for God's servants. And so uh, they were to do it with fervency so that nothing is lacking. How would you like to be treated? Well, treat them that way. How would you, if you were a guest in a strange, uh, in a strange city uh, uh, with people you've not met before, how would you like to be treated? I can, uh, I can tell some stories, and I've heard some missionaries tell stories of how they were treated on, on deputation and, and, and staying around. We don't want to be like that. You know, uh, you know uh, being put in a, in a family room and, and, and people having to you know, walk over their beds in order to get to the bathrooms and that type of stuff, or you know, maybe uh, not the cleanliest situations. Boy, we want, we want to do our very, very best to care for God's people and God's servants. Just remember this, this extends to God's people. We are to show hospitality and have fervency in that regard towards one another. God wants us to do that. And, uh, and, and caring for one another, inviting into our homes, and, and, and so on. So care for their every need so that nothing is lacking. Did you see that? He says there in verse number 13, that nothing be wanting unto them. That nothing be wanting. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty clear. He wants us to care for their every every need. And so that was what he said. Listen, a healthy church is going gonna, is gonna to care for the needs. And sometimes, sometimes it's, not always, uh, it's not always easy. It's not always convenient. But we want to do our very, very best uh, to do that. And I encourage you, if you haven't, in this case, I'm seeing that I'm specifically talking about that. If you have not yet seen uh, our, our missions room, I hope that every one of you would have a burden for that, for that ministry. And, and even if you want to get involved in helping to turn that over, or to helping to, to stock and supply and so on. But it's not, I don't want to just isolate it to that. It's much more than just a room in our building. You understand? It's a spirit that we ought to have. And, uh, and sometimes you'll never meet all the guests that come through here that are touched by, by uh, the generosity of Grace Baptist Church and the, the fervency of Grace Baptist Church to care uh, to care for their, for their needs. And so the Bible tells us, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We want to, are to have a, a fervent spirit, looking to the details. How many of you like detail per, um, people? How many of you are a detail person? Okay. 
Uh, you, you just have, you have a sense to note the details. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out for a second. Brother Brenton mowed the lawn, uh, lawn last uh, yesterday, and uh, he, he flew his drone up above to see if he got the line straight. I like that type of detail. I like that type of detail. He could work for a golf course, right? And he, he took that type of detail and attention to detail right uh, here on our lawns yesterday, and they look, they look beautiful. Uh, the attention to detail. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important. And it's stated right here, so that nothing is wanting. In order for nothing to be wanting, there has to be attention to detail. But God can help us with that. And God's business is serious business, don't you believe that? And so we ought to give our very best to it. And, and, and uh, you know what, sometimes it can be tiring, but I'll give our very, very best. I watched my wife this uh, week as we were up there with the, the Bartons. Uh, she went down into the, the, uh, the, the gift shop and got some water and some mints and handed it off to Brother Barton right after he was done speaking. Attention to detail. Uh, noticing the needs before you're even asked. Boy, we understand that in the job world. We understand uh, a, a good employee is going to know what the boss wants before the boss asks for it, right? But we can apply that right into the church and for caring for one another and for God's people and for God's servants. We can apply that right in there, that attention to de detail. That is fervency, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Right now is the time that God's given you to do it. Do it with your might. Do it strong. And by the way, children, right there, that's a great verse for you to just to grab a hold of tonight, right? Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. Attention to detail in your bedrooms, right? Amen. All the parents said amen. And I'm taking this opportunity right now just to say this publicly. Attention to detail in that way. But even attention to detail in God's house, children. Think about that. Think about the attention and detail with what God has given you in your classroom, in the game room, in, in throughout the, um, through the building. Attention to detail, noticing when there's trash in the floor to pick it up. Attention to detail. And we want to do whatever we find to do with our might. Do it to the very best of our ability. God's things and God's ministry does not um, deserve second rate. It deserves first class. Uh, Jesus does not, uh, he doesn't deserve just, just good enough. He deserves our very, very best. I, I think I've said this before. I used to build with somebody who had said, it's good enough for government work. We were nailing things, nailing decks. Good enough for government work, just nail it. No, that's not the spirit we ought to have. We ought to go the very, very best. When we work on a project here at the church, it, 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 ought, to, it ought to be the very best for God. And I'm so thankful for so many in, in our church family that work their very best and understand that this isn't about us. It's about Him. Fervency. Paul said, I want you to be fervent in taking care of their needs so that nothing is lacking. This would require 100% of their focus and 100% of their effort in caring for them in this, in this ministry. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 16, 15, I beseech you, brethren, that you know the house of Stephanus, that, that is the first fruits of Achaia. So when Paul came down, remember back to Acts, when he came down into Achaia, into uh, into the, the area of Corinth and so on, the first fruits, so some of the first people to come to the Lord in that, in that area uh, was this house of Stephanus. And he says of them, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That's the only time addicted shows up in the Bible. 
right? This first-generation family, first-generation Christian family, had addicted, they had given themselves over to the ministry. You talk about fervency, there, there's an illustration of it. They addicted themselves to the ministry. What about Epaphroditus? Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his own life, to supply your lack of service toward me. So he's talking to the Philippian believers in Philippians 2.30. He's saying, hey, uh, what you could not do, Epaphroditus did. And he was helping me out so much so that he almost gave up his own life. He was nine to death. He was physically sick for his, uh, uh, in order to supply your lack of service toward me. And so Paul was encouraging Titus, lead the church in fervency, in fervently taking care of Zenos and Apollos as they, as they come. But he also encouraged fruitfulness. Verse 14, and let ours, let ours also learn to maintain good works. Now, this has been a topic that's come up again and again through the book of Titus, this matter of good works. Not good works to save us, but good works out of our salvation. So we are saved to serve. Say that together with me. We are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. Children, we're saved to serve. God has saved you for a purpose. He has ownership of your life, and he has saved you to serve. And out of our salvation, we ought to do good works. We ought not shy away from that. And the Bible told us last time we were together in the book of, of, of Titus, verse 8, that we are to occupy ourselves with good works. What did Jesus tell us to do? Occupy until I come. With what should we occupy ourselves? With good works. And we are to pay attention to that. We are to give ourselves over to that. But notice what Paul again reiterates here. He said, let ours. Let ours. Let the Christians, let the born-again believers, let the church family, let our people... Let our people engage in good works so that, that Christ can be reflected in our lives. Uh, live, uh, live a life that reflects on Christianity well and that reflects on Jesus Christ well. Let ours, let ours occupy themselves with good works. But he says here, let them learn. You know, sometimes as we come into a church family, we have to learn some things. We have to learn what we ought to do. Sometimes we get in our, in our mind that we, we can just, we come in and out of church and, and, and it's okay not to be engaged in the work of the ministry. It's okay just to go through our week and not touch somebody for the Lord Jesus Christ through the week and not to encourage them, not to be the hands and the, the, and the, uh, the voice of Jesus through the week. But God says, no, no, we have to learn to do good works. We have to learn it's not okay to go through a week and not touch anybody for Jesus Christ. We have to learn it's not okay just to warm a pew. It's not okay. It's not okay to do that. We are to learn to maintain good works. This is something we're constantly learning, the Bible says here. This is a command. Hey, and make sure that they are, they're understanding that they are to learn this. This isn't something when, they, then when the believers there at Crete or we as, as, as Grace Baptist Church stand before God, that he's going to say, oh, well, you didn't know, uh, so it's okay, no, no big deal. No, he said, I'm commanding you to learn to maintain good works. Learn this. Apply yourself in studying how to maintain these good works, how to occupy yourselves with morally excellent, uh, real, practical good works. Now notice what he says, good works for necessary uses. Necessary uses. This is very practical. 
This gets down to cleaning a mission room. This gets down to mowing a lawn so that people passing by see that, hey, that place is cared for, something's going on there. That gets down to visiting uh, those that are hurting. That gets down to uh, encouraging the children we bring in on the, on the buses. That gets down to cooking the meal. That gets down to teaching the lesson. That gets down to bringing in, in prizes to incentivize them. It gets down to the nitty-gritty of all that. It gets down to much more than just caring for, the, for a facility. I believe it, it includes that, but much more beyond that. It gets down to the nitty-gritty of, of caring for practical needs. And even as you come across, we're going to come uh, have children and families in and out of here during adventure camp, and we're going to um, become aware of some needs. I became aware of some needs um, this past week, some children that were really just hurting and, and going through a difficult time. And to, to encourage them is, is a part of it. And we'll have an opportunity as a church to encourage them, but it gets down to the, the, practical, the practical matters, the real needs, the necessary uses. God wants us to be attuned to that and to be fruitful in that way. Now notice here in verse number, verse number 14, we maintain... We learn to maintain good works for necessary uses Why? so that we're not unfruitful. So that we don't live unfruitful lives. This matter of unfruitfulness is, is to be unproductive, to be unfruitful, per, uh, not producing a desired result. God doesn't want us going through our lives unfruitful. He wants us to be abounding with good works. He wants us to be abounding in fruit. By the way, let's turn over to John chapter 15 for a moment. John chapter 15. The Bible helps us to understand that if we abide in the vine, uh, we can bear fruit. John 15, verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth, what? More fruit. Okay, Jesus purges us, and he purifies us, like we learned this morning, by the way being set apart from sin, being sanctified. He purges us so that we might be more fruitful. By the way, if there are some things that the Lord dealt with you about this morning, how I urge you to allow the Holy Spirit to go all the way with you so that you can be more fruitful for His glory. Don't you believe that tonight? He will. Out of purity comes more fruitfulness. So He does that in verse number, uh, verse number 2. And I want you to go on. And I'm looking for the, the verse uh, here in verse number, well, it's escaping me in, as I look down here. But he, he talks about how that he has ordained us to bear more fruit. He's commissioned us to bear more fruit as his, as his disciples. And so I want us to understand that as we allow uh, him to abide in us and as we abide in him, he does desire that, he would, uh, that we would bear more fruit. Verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth uh, fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you these things I command you, that you love one another. So his desire is that we would bear fruit, that we be fruit and that we would have fruit that would remain. How I encourage you in that way. Let's focus on fruitfulness. How do we do that? By maintaining good works. Who needs you to serve them this week? Who within the church family needs you to serve them? 
Who within your family needs you to serve them and care for them? What, what good work can you maintain this, this week? I want us also to turn over to um, 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1. And let's uh, con- continue this thought about good works and fruitfulness. Uh, it is so important that we, we grab a hold of this. And Paul was really encouraging for this church to be healthy over there in Crete, that they would maintain these good works and so that they would be fruitful. 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 3. According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, okay, you're saved now. Now add to your faith. What? What should we add to our faith? Well, virtue. And to virtue, what? Knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. What's temperance? Self-control. And to temperance, patience. That's the idea of endurance. And to patience, godliness, godlikeness, doing what God would do in a, in a situation, uh, uh, holiness and so on. And then to holiness or to godliness, what is it? brotherly kindness brotherly kindness well right there there's a whole lot of good works that happen right inside of brotherly kindness isn't there just being kind to one another seeing a need taking the lead taking care of the issue brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness what charity charity unconditional love unconditional love helping when everyone else has walked out of a person's life you being there to love them care for them meet their need and and so on so charity for if these things be found in you notice if these things be uh, be in you and abound you're just allowing this to happen in your life allowing all these virtues and this patience to go on in your life it's abounding you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter's dealing with this matter of fruitfulness. When we allow God to do this work in our life, changing us, purifying us, helping us to show brotherly kindness and charity to one another, why? So that we're not barren, we're fruitful. We're fruitful. Paul was encouraging the the believers there uh, uh, under Titus to be fruitful by occupying themselves with good works. Selflessness, brings fruitfulness selflessness brings fruitfulness anytime we get our eyes inside we become unproductive haven't you found that to be the case it's really unproductive to look inward i mean it brings us down it discourages us we get deflated it brings us it it really hampers us as believers in being fruitful but we get our eyes off of ourselves on jesus christ and others we find that we can um, be fruitful in every good work. God desires that we occupy ourselves with good works. So there's the urging of fervency. Be fervent in taking care of the the servants of God as they come through. Be fruitful in, in good works towards one another. But also, and lastly, verse 15, all that are with me salute thee, greet them that love us in the faith. Are these just idle words? 
No, not for Paul. And Paul promoted friendliness. Paul promoted friendliness and, and greeting his fellow laborers. All that are with me, salute thee. Hey, we send you greetings. We send you greetings because we care. I remember my pastor used to travel a fair amount preaching out, and he'd always come back and he would say, I bring you greetings from the, from the uh, uh, such and such Baptist church and from the such and such Baptist church. He'd always bring greetings back. That's how, he, that's how he did it. It was just one of the things that I remember about him. And I would once in a while get to go out with him and, uh, and be at, a, at one of the services he was preaching out with. And he says, I, I'm bringing you greetings from Believer's Baptist Church. And he always did that. And he did it so warmly, and it was just a practice that he, that he did. Here's Paul saying, hey, uh, all of us over here are greeting you over there in Crete. We love you. We're greeting you. And by the way, uh, Titus, make sure that you greet all of those that love us in the faith over there. And you see the warm friendliness that Paul exhibited here. He wasn't just dealing with the issues of unruly people. These were people, and he cared about them, and he was friendly towards them, and he wanted to promote that within the church. There's power in the greeting, isn't there? Have you ever walked past somebody and been stiffed? It's not good, right? Um, how many of you have ever absent-mindedly done that? Just zoned out. Guys were really good about that, right? Just zoned out, walked past. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it, it's pretty amazing. But there's power in the greeting, power in the greeting. Um, right within our own church family, there's power within your greeting. Since I'm calling out people tonight, I think of Brother Mike often he is a man that is diligent about making sure he greets people as he's here in the church. I appreciate that. Just a simple handshake. And he's very deliberate that he gets the handshake in. That's biblical. And uh, we ought to make sure that before we leave this place on a, on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, that we greet one another, that we love one another in that way. And Paul understood that there was power in the greeting and acknowledging a person acknowledging someone uh, and for their worth before God, for who they are as a fellow brother or sister in, in Christ. He says, salute them, bless them, bless them. Uh, Corinthians says this, six, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 20, all the brethren greet you, greet one another with a, what, what is it? With a holy kiss. Now we preached about that. Our cultural equivalent is a handshake, and that's great. Aren't you grateful for the cultural equivalent of a handshake? And we almost lost that during COVID, but I'm thankful the handshake is back. They, uh, they talked about the elbow uh, being it or the foot on um, the foot bump, but I'm thankful for the handshake, and, and what a blessing it is to, to shake one another's hands. I'm, I am thankful that we do not uh, exist in a society here, a culture that does the holy kiss. But that aside, the, still the bottom line is God wants us to greet one another in a, in a, in a particular way. He wants us to, to, to take a moment and, 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 and recognize and acknowledge the value of one another. And the Bible tells us, why don't you turn over to Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 23. Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 23. It's very important to our functioning as a church. In fact, it's very important to us to us maintaining our profession of faith, to staying grounded in our faith. It says this in verse 23, Hebrews 10, let us hold fast our profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful, 
for he is faithful that promised. And let us, help me, consider one another. Let's say that again. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And just understand this. Uh, we came through a time where we were distant. Uh, it was a little bit difficult to be near each other, and even the whole uh, human touch back and forth, uh, it, it, it was a little bit, you know, keep your distance. Uh, you still walk through some stores, and they still have their signs down, keep your distance, and uh, so on. You know, back off. I remember getting off an airplane uh, during this time, and I, I accidentally was too close to somebody, and she let me know it. I mean, she let me know that I was too close. Don't you know a pandemic is going on? And, and she, let me, uh, she let me know. Um, but you know what? I'm thankful so, uh, that that for the most part is over and, and we have that, the connection and it's important. Um, and here in verse number 24, Hebrews 10, it's important for the considering of one another. We can't consider one another if we're ships passing in the night. Uh, we have to take time and think about the needs and hear the need and hear the heart and so on. Uh, uh, Paul also says in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, greet one another with an holy kiss. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.26, greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. 1 Peter 5.14, greet one another with a, a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all uh, that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so we ought not get sidetracked with the holy kiss part. We ought to uh, grab a hold. Our culture uh, gives a handshake. Uh, love one another in that way. Many times people give, um, give hugs and, and let's greet one another. That's the main thing. Let's greet one another. Now, there are some people we ought not greet. And that's false teachers. The Bible says in 2 John uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither give him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. So you might have someone that comes, uh, comes and preaches a false gospel. You're not to uh, say to them, God bless you. No, we're not to say that to them. We can be kind and we can be uh, respectful, but we are not to wish them Godspeed, not to greet them in that, that way. But we are to greet the saints. We're to greet one another. And so I ask you tonight, how is your greeting towards the saints? And listen, friends, we need to, we need to constantly be maintaining. And it, it's really easy to kind of get in the mindset of, you know, I came to church and I, I need to get on my way. But plan some time around the services. Plan to be early and, 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 and to be able to chat and greet one another, encourage one another, and, and, it, and plan to stay some, um, some time, not dart out. And by the way, I say that to us as a Sunday night crowd because the way that we act really influences the culture of our church in general. Wouldn't you agree with me about that? And so if, if there's kind of a stickiness to us, we're kind of sticking around, hanging around, and talking and encouraging one another and greeting one another, that will rub off on our whole church family. And we want to do that. And so how is your greeting to the saints? Um, Paul says, hey, greet them that are there at Crete. We, uh, we send greetings to all those that, are, that love us in the faith. And we're thankful for your greeting as well. And so uh, here's another thing I want to just bring up. Don't wait to be greeted. You take the step. Now, did you notice here that, that the command that Paul gives is greet them that love us in the faith. The commands here in 2 Corinthians and 1 Thessalonians is greet. It's always give the greeting, not receive the greeting. 
It's always give the greeting, not receive the greeting. So sometimes we can say, well, no one greeted me. No, that's not how we are to be as Christians. We are to give the greeting. And so uh, let's not wait to be greeted. Let's give the greeting. And uh, a neglect of greeting, not always, but many times a neglect of being willing to greet, there might be another spiritual issue that's underlying. And a neglect to engage in the, in the greeting within the, in the families. You know, when the family's not talking to one another, something's not quite right, right? And so we want to be maintaining that greeting, this very practical thing that Paul was giving here. Now, let's end with this. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. Let's say that together. Grace be with you all. That is said 26 times in the epistles. 26 times. Almost every epistle is ended with grace be with you all. There is nothing more friendly in a Christian sense to wish the grace of God upon one another. To to pray the grace of God on one another. And uh, sometimes I think maybe we've gotten away from some of these very biblical things to say to each other, but it would be perfectly biblical as you're walking out the door tonight to say, grace be with you, brother. Grace be with you. And to mean it. And to think about the grace of God and what God would want to do in that brother or sister's life this week and what he can do if they'll if they'll submit to him, and what he can do if, if, if they'll, they'll walk with him. And so I want God's grace to be abundantly, uh, abundantly shed abroad in your life. And true friends are always going to be pointing one another to, the, to God and to his grace and seeking that in one another's life. And so Paul says, grace be with you all. So these final thoughts, be fervent right? Be fervent in all that we do, especially in caring for God's servants. Uh, let's be, um, be fruitful, make sure that we're maintaining and occupying ourselves with good works. But then that last thing, be friendly. Be friendly. And Paul promoted that in the way that he ends this letter. Hey, I send greetings. Thank you for the greetings. Make sure that you greet one another. Grace be with you all. And may God help us with these thoughts and put them into practice. Very practical. Each one of us can live these out this week. All right, let's do it. Let's ask God to help us. Father, thank you for this letter uh, to Titus and thereby to the church there in Crete and to us here at Grace Baptist Church. We're thankful for this. Help us, Lord, to be fervent, to be fruitful, and to be friendly uh, towards one another. And I pray that you would grow us in this way and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and find ourselves... Uh, just in prayer this evening before we leave. Lord, would you help me to be fervent? Would you help me to be, would you help me to be fruitful in every good work? Would you help me to be friendly? You might pray a prayer like this. Lord, help me to take these final thoughts to heart and to plan to practice them so I might be a factor a real factor in Grace Baptist Church being a healthy church. Let's pray together, friends. We want to be a healthy church, amen? These are just very practical things that help us to be a healthy church.
Amen. Let's look this way as we think about the, uh, the opportunity the Lord's given us with these interns that are coming to us next week. We can apply that in their lives. Obviously, they'll minister here, but we can minister to them, and we want to care for their needs. And I, I praise God for this opportunity. I believe it'll be a, a real blessing. But uh, let's, let's supply that right, right there. And as missionaries come through, just look for the needs. By the way, I, I think you ladies know, but every time a missionary comes through, we, whether they're scheduled to speak here or not, we try to give them a, a bag. My wife leads that. And uh, if you're interested in helping out, make sure that after a service, they, they go away with a goodie bag and uh, just to, um, to help them on their way. If they're traveling on, some snacks, some waters, and so on. Just practical things, just to say, hey, we, we love you, and thank, I'm thankful that you stopped in here. And Just practical things, just to, um, to help God's servants. So let's look for that, look for that. Um, sometimes uh, the Lord might lay on your heart to, to bless, um, bless a missionary and, and you, you might have a gift card that you uh, have on you so when a missionary comes through you can give them some gift card for gas. Just think about ways that you can bless them uh, in, in uh, just caring for them on their way even just between you and them. Uh, so we want to we wanna practice that. Uh, I want to ask Ms. Gabrielle if, if you'll just hang tight there and ladies make sure that you go to her uh, right afterwards and get her number and make sure that you are praying for her and communicating her, with her throughout the out the summer uh, The announcements were given this morning Do look inside your bulletin and especially pay attention to the things that are coming up for adventure camp this Tuesday night is our uh, an Adventure camp prep night and so be here on this uh, Tuesday night, please uh, if at all possible we need some help on Saturday getting out the flyers at 1 o'clock and uh, you're just going canvassing. We're going into apartment complexes, but we really like to get out those flyers. The Facebook ad is running, so please share that when you see it, and uh, do uh, do share around. And if you uh, get five or more, if you get five or more uh, uh, um, people enrolled outside of your family, uh, it, there is an incentive. Uh, I am offering a, a study Bible, so any uh, the one with the most above five. And with the most above five enrollees, uh, we'll get a, uh, their choice of a couple of study Bibles. And so let's, let's be diligent to enroll, uh, enroll people uh, as much as possible as we head towards adventure, adventure camp. Guys, would you get 415 ready in the back there? Yes, sir. I like that, those types of questions. Very good. Um, okay, uh, yes, uh, they, they are here for eight weeks and 12 weeks. Uh, one is doing their, uh, their undergrad internship, and the other is doing their graduate intern. Uh, uh, Jonathan is doing his grad, Sam is doing his undergrad. Uh, the little different levels, um, but I'll have a schedule for them through the, um, through the week. They'll be participating in ministry here, different ministries. Uh, they'll be participating in church, uh, some church planning opportunities, uh, going over and helping church planners. They'll, I'll take them to uh, some meetings, like uh, if uh, we'll be going to uh, Brother, uh, Brother Ken Fielder's Worldview Conference uh, over in uh, the Indiana, Indiana area. I'll be taking them over there to learn about Bible translation and their, you know, just... Uh, getting a little bit more of a, a picture of that, but we'll just be involving them in the work of the ministry. Will they be preaching? Yes, they'll be preaching. One of the things that helped me the most in my internship uh, was the pastor had me preach, 
And so we'll be running a Sunday night series. In fact, what I'm going to do is I plan to include um, Brother, Brother Grant and Brother Caleb in that, and we'll just all learn together uh, uh, and, and grow together in that opportunity. But they'll be preaching some Sunday night, and specifically right now we're looking at uh, having them preach uh, towards some Bible doctrines, some things, why do we, why do we believe this, uh, why do we hold on to this? Yes. Yes, they will. Yes. So I mentioned that this morning about uh, uh, signing up to take them either out to eat, bring, um, bring um, dinner here, or have them in your home. And so, yes, they will, um, they will need meals. There will be an email out to our church this week. Um, by the way, Miss Pam has been sick all week, so that's de uh, delayed some of that. Um, and do continue to pray for her as she gets back up on her feet. But, yes, they will need meals. Any other questions? Well, everyone's, uh, let's just ask questions. Any other questions about that? Now's a great time to ask. <laughs> and the, con the conversation just changed. Any other questions? Do care for them, and, and more will come along as, as we go along, as they get here. I've mentioned things in, in, as I've gone along. Who else had a question? The prep night is here at Grace Baptist Church. There's another question. Very good. All right. Find 415. Let's sing it. What a fellowship. What a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms and then we'll be dismissed what a fellowship what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms leaning leaning safe and secure from all alarms And uh, as we come to next Sunday, uh, we do also have a tour group that's going to be with us next Sunday morning from Heartland Baptist Bible College. They'll be singing for us in the morning service. And then in the evening, we will have an opportunity for you to get, get to know the interns. And uh, so we'll, we'll have some things next Sunday. But thanks for asking. Thanks for your interest. And do be in prayer for the summer. Be in prayer for Miss Gabrielle. But be in prayer that God will just encourage their hearts and uh, that that. What we need to invest in them that the Lord will enable us to do that. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And be around in the lobby if you need anything at all. <laughs>